0: The Lord Jesus had twelve original disciples, but those men were just the first of many more followers of Christ. They are an example for us to learn from and a reminder that God works in ordinary people. Are you a true follower of Jesus Christ? Let's study the twelve with Scott Pauley today. And find truth that will help us all to follow more closely to Christ.
1: How on earth do you get people from different backgrounds with different ideas and opinions to agree? The answer is you don't. (laughs) It's impossible. Uh, to get everybody to think the same way. But let me tell you what the Lord does. This is so beautiful. This is really what the church is all about. This is what Christ does with his followers. We don't have to agree with one another. We just all have to agree with Jesus. Uh, How do you get a church to be one, a family to have unity? How do you get believers to to come together? The answer is uh, we don't all have to agree with each other, but we all have to agree with the Lord. And that's what you find in the first disciples, the original disciples in Acts chapter 1. Now, you'll remember through the gospel records, they fussed and fought and feuded. Uh, they, they vied for attention and lobbied for position, just like everybody does when we're living in our own ideas and strength. But when you come to Acts chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 14, after giving us yet another list of these original disciples, it says these all continued with one accord. Isn't that beautiful? All. One accord. Now, wait up. How do you you get Peter? How do you get James? How do you get John? How do you get Thomas? How do you get all of these disciples uh, in one mind, in one accord, in step? Here's the answer. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Prayer is the great unifier. And this was the lesson the early disciples had to learn, that I'm convinced we must learn yet again. We're not living in Acts. No, we're living on the other end of the New Testament. We're, we're living in the book of Jude, in the Acts of the Apostates, instead of the Acts of the Apostles. We're living on the verge of the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the principle holds true, and it is this. If we're going to see God work and move in our day, then we've got to get in step with God. And if we can just all get in step with God, then the Lord will bring a beautiful unity, a one mind and a one accord that always precedes the blessing of the Holy Spirit of God. Here are several thoughts that the Lord's impressed on my heart that every follower of Jesus needs today regarding this. First of all, we need united prayer. There's a repeated emphasis here on them all being together on it. Verse 13, they all go up into the upper room. In verse 14, they all continued with one accord. If you come to the next chapter, the day of Pentecost, chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was full to come, they were all with one accord in one place. It wasn't just geographically they were together. Spiritually they were together. Look, you friends know what I'm talking about. You can be in the same room with people and not be on the same page with people. You can be in the same church but not be one mind, there must be again united prayer. We don't always agree when we're talking to one another, but I'm going to tell you where we can find some agreement. When we get on our knees and we begin to acknowledge how needy we are and how great our God is. Now there's a point of agreement. Let's begin there with real united prayer. And then their prayer was not only united prayer, it was continued prayer. The Bible says in verse 14, these all continued with one accord. The only believers that really continue are the ones that learn to continue in prayer. Prayer is what gives you strength to keep moving forward. Prayer is what gives you the wisdom to know the next step. Prayer is the thing that keeps you from from getting off course. Uh, Praying Christians are the ones that stay right with God. And I must testify for a moment and tell you the seasons of my life where I have drifted from the Lord in my own heart and mind have been those seasons where I neglected the place of prayer. We need united prayer. We need continued prayer. And then we need impassioned prayer. The Bible doesn't just say they prayed. It says they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Do you know what the word supplication is? It is the most intense word in Scripture for prayer. It means not general prayer, but specific prayer. It means not just the motions of prayer, but the spirit of prayer. Supplication is a heart word. It's a word of desperation. It's a word of heart cry. Oh, Lord, we need you. I'll tell you what we need. We need some passion back in our praying again. You want passion in your preacher, don't you? And I like to hear passionate preaching, but I'll tell you what we need. We need some passionate praying. As surely as we need fire in the pulpit, we need fire in the prayer closet. Some people earnestly seeking God and not just zealous on a platform in front of people, but zealous in the quiet place, alone with God. Oh, Lord, teach us to pray with supplication. And then let me point out one other thing today, it's this. The prayer that these first disciples had was not only united prayer and continued prayer and impassioned prayer, it was decided prayer. Literally, it was a prayer that said, we're going to find out what God wants and we're going to do it. At every crossroads in life, at every intersection, at every decision, every time we're wondering what to do, let me tell you what we should do. We should run to the Lord. God knows. God chooses. And we just choose to accept His choice. Someone said that prayer is not getting our will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. I totally believe that. What's the context of Acts chapter number 1? Well, the Bible says immediately in the next verse, in verse 15, that Peter stands up and he says to them, Judas is gone. Judas has gone to his own place, and we need someone to take his place. So what are they going to do? Well, the Bible says they appointed two in verse 23, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. They had two good men, godly men, uh, that could have taken Judas's place. And now the question was, who was to take the place? Listen to verse 24. And they prayed. And the story of the early church was the story of praying people. The story of the church today must be the story of praying people. It wasn't about finding uh, Matthias. It was about seeking the Lord. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. I'm thinking of that proverb that says that The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. They had a decision to make. They needed direction. And for every step they did not believe, they had the answer. I tell you, this sounds like a changed group of men to me. These are not the same disciples we met in Mark chapter 3. They're different men. Because now they're recognizing it's not about them. It's all about whatever the Lord wants. You ever wonder in Acts chapter 1 why there had to be 10 days of waiting? Why 10 days? I believe in that 10-day period, as they were praying and seeking God, their prayer was being brought into line with Christ's prayer. I believe their will was being bent to God's will, so much so that when you get to Acts 2, the Holy Spirit of God can fully come. The day of Pentecost arrives and God works in power they had never imagined. And when did it happen? When they decided in prayer that whatever God wanted, that's all they wanted. Now, we can debate on whether one of these two men was supposed to be the the 12th disciple or whether that was the Apostle Paul. I don't think that's the point. I think God gives us this story to make this emphasis that the followers of Christ must keep seeking the Lord. You don't just come to him and say, all right, I'm a follower of Christ now. You keep coming. You keep seeking. You keep learning. I wonder, are you learning of him today? Are you growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ? Are you becoming nearer to the heart of God? Are you a praying disciple? We're going to walk through each of these disciples individually, but I want to close this particular section of our study on the 12 by saying, I don't want to just say I'm a disciple, and I don't want somebody else just to say I'm a follower of Jesus. With all my heart, I want to be one of his inner circle disciples. I want to be as close to Jesus as possible. And I hope and pray. You'll make that your prayer today as well.
0: Thank you for joining us today as we looked into God's Word. It is our prayer that you will follow Christ and lead others to Him. Our world is desperate for truth and hope. Scott Pauley has written a new booklet on the need of our nation that addresses what believers can and should be doing at this time. Order your copy now at enjoyingthejourney.org. We'd love to hear from you and look forward to studying with you again next time on Enjoying the Journey.